Welcome to the Yogi MD podcast. It's Nadine, yoga teacher, health coach, and retired doctor, here to bring you and your body together, not in sickness, but in health. Thanks for taking this time for yourself. This is my sister, Daphne Bishop, who has consented to be my guest today on the podcast. And I'm really happy to be your guest on your podcast. So let's talk about your wellness journey and what made you start thinking about your health? I didn't think about my health a whole lot when I was a kid. Exercise just wasn't a thing that we did. It wasn't something that I watched anybody do. And even eating healthy wasn't a thing when we were kids. Our grandmother lived with us, so we always had homemade Haitian food, which was traditionally beans, rice, and a protein, chicken, fish, pork, what have you. But produce wasn't a real regular part of that. No, it was not. And I wasn't taking fruit to school. I remember eating hot lunch in the little plastic and foil containers. I remember eating a lot of frozen food, convenience food, like TV dinners, and a lot of junk food. Yes, our mom was busy. She was busy, and I think she just viewed it as a treat. And then high school was pretty much the same. There was a Burger King down the street, and I was a regular there. I gained a lot of weight in high school. I I didn't do P.E. I got out of P.E. by doing choir. Why they allowed me to do that, I don't know. <laughs> but when at our high school, you could choose between your art and physical education. I didn't play any sports. I never thought of myself as an athletic person. So, I mean, I just continued to gain weight. What was your main focus when you were in high school? I was very much into academics, taking honors classes, trying to get straight A's and having a really high GPA. Uh, But I I, I know from a a psychosocial standpoint that my weight gain did bother me. But I didn't have the tools to, to know what to do about it. So when I went off to college, it was an opportunity for a reset. I think that at least for my body, the diet has been very important when it comes to maintaining a healthy weight. So that really didn't happen though before you left for college. What about when you did go to college? Because that tends to be a landmine for most people, correct? Do you hear about the freshman 20? You hear about the freshman 20, but I actually lost weight when I my freshman year because I wasn't eating nearly as much junk. And I had to walk a lot because the campus was big. And And one of my roommates introduced me to jogging or running. So I started exercising on a fairly regular basis. But my habits did, they improved a bit, I would say. Then after college, then you went on to law school. So what was the evolution of your health conscious journey taking shape at that point? Well, I moved from the East Coast back to Chicago for a year and then for law school I moved to California the Los Angeles and Southern California is like a very easy place to be healthy 
but it was somewhere where the weather was nice year-round mm-hmm. so you could do things outside all the time mm-hmm. so I did run quite a bit when I was in law school and again there was a lot of walking because I was on campus and you know you kind of had to and then the I think my diet just continued to get healthier I started to read more about health food I started cooking a lot more for myself when I was in law school which was also important after I became a lawyer then I was working at a desk all day mm-hmm. and um, it's it's not a healthy lifestyle you're you're stressed constantly you're sitting at a desk there's a lot of alcohol that goes with the territory I went into big big law firms which we call big law and big law is all about whining and dining my first law firm had happy hour every Friday. We had two chefs or two cooks in that law firm. They worked in-house at the firm. What was the incentive, do you think, to have happy hour every Friday and to have people cooking in-house like that? They want to keep you working. Hmm. They want to keep you in the office and they want to keep you billing because that's how they make, yeah, that's how they, that's how law firms make their money is. I, I think they wanted to help us feel more supported as we were working you know if you have to be working late well we might as well feed you right Mm -hmm. sure so my exercise during that period was i'd say not regular i was a weekend warrior more so for those audience members who don't know what a weekend warrior is can you identify or can you define that sure a weekend warrior is when you're really just exercising on the weekends hard and not doing a lot or much of anything during the week but I ended up, I would hurt myself constantly, just little pain, aches and pains, you know, or just be so sore from it that then I wouldn't want to go back because it wasn't regular enough. So during this time, when did motherhood enter the picture? In 2004, my husband and I decided that we wanted to start a family. And I pretty much instantly got pregnant with a set of twins. And you were able to stay relatively healthy during the course of your pregnancy as well. That's right. I did not have any complications. Um, And yeah, and I had a healthy birth. After the pregnancy, I saw a nutritionist for the first time. It was an interesting experience. It helped me lose some of the weight, but it was really kind of like, it was kind of like, color by number eating. She gave me a long list of foods that I could eat and recommendations. Like if you shop at this grocery store, these are the things you can eat. And so for a while it was, I was eating a lot of canned food. Had you stopped cooking at that time? No, I mean, I still cooked. I always cooked, but I think I was mostly cooking for dinner. Were you acutely aware of managing stress at this time as well because at this point you were juggling your own health and managing how to do that you were also a mother you're also managing a career and you're a wife I was aware that I was stressed but I didn't have any kind of practice to try to manage the stress Like I said, when you're a young lawyer, I think a lot of people use alcohol as stress relief. I had tried yoga classes a couple of times in the past, 
and enjoyed them. I looked at it more as a, another workout. Absolutely. So I never stuck with yoga. But there was a little yoga studio close to where I live. And I started going to a class they had early in the morning. And it was a good time because the babies were usually still sleeping. And so, and I really liked the teacher because it was a black woman. And I'd never taken a yoga class with a black woman or anybody black instructing me before. Yes. She was so good about teaching all of the basics. And I realized that, you know, my back stopped hurting, but I continued to go because it had an effect on my stress. Um, the calm feeling that I would have at the end of class would stay with me. So this was a new feeling? This was an entirely new feeling. It was like a new high. It was really life-changing. Let's transition to your recent diagnosis and how that changed your life. I'm young in the cancer world. I was 40. And here I was surrounded in the infusion room by all these old people, I mean elderly people, just thinking, you know, my God, how did I get here and why am I here? But I mean, I could see the benefit of being so young and going through chemo. I bounced back. But after I was all done with the treatment, I still had to see my oncologist and she started talking about my weight. What was her reasoning for telling you you needed to lose the weight? Because she was saying, she said that the statistics show that the more excess weight you have, the more likely it is that you'll have a cancer recurrence. I see. It wasn't about vanity. It was about me never wanting to go through that experience again. How long did, would you say the entire experience was from diagnosis through all of this treatment? It was... 10 months. I wasn't interested in doing a diet because I don't think diets work. And there's a lot of evidence out there saying that diets don't work. But what I did end up doing was taking a class because my doctor's office is affiliated with the Cancer Foundation and they have a lot of classes. There was a class called Food for Life. And I thought, I want to take that class because when you get diagnosed with cancer, everybody has an opinion about what you should be eating and what you shouldn't be eating. I just felt so lucky in a way that I got to, I mean, I had to go through this awful experience to get access to this amazing facility that I still use. They have fitness classes, they have yoga classes, they have strength training classes, they have food classes, they have hypnotherapy, they have cancer massage, they have, they have a ton of um, resources. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I took Food for Life. It was a six-week class, and each class was two hours. And you would go to class, and they have a state-of-the-art kitchen. And it was maybe a group of about 20 women. And the teacher is a nutritionist and a yoga teacher. And she teaches nutrition at a university. Food for Life is a program that was developed by physicians. I learned a lot, and I, it was based on the evidence that I had so been craving about things like a plant-based diet, and they talked about things like grilled meats being carcinogenic, and maybe it's not carcinogenic for everybody, but in my mind, I've already had cancer, so I don't want to introduce anything that even makes my body want to think about forming another cancer cell. Mm -hmm. And they had a challenge, uh, like a 30-day vegan challenge. And I thought, 
I'm going to try it. I'll try it. And since I'm taking this class and I have access to all this information, all these recipes, I'll, I'll just try it. So I did, and I've stuck with it ever since. It's been almost two years. Nobody else in my family is vegan. I'm the only one. I still cook meat for my kids and my husband because they still want meat, and they haven't had cancer. If they choose to not eat meat, that's fine, but that's not something that I'm going to force on them. And after I started the challenge, I was still doing radiation at that time, so I still had to step on the scale on a on a weekly basis, and I just started seeing the number drop. A pound, a pound and a half, two pounds, every week, steadily. I was never hungry. I ate as much as I wanted. I ate whenever I wanted, because I tried all sorts of things. Oh, like Oprah said, if you stop eating at seven o'clock at night, then that'll do it, you know, but that's hard. So you never felt deprived? I never felt deprived. And still never feel deprived? I never feel de deprived. I started taking a, a fitness class at the cancer center. So what I'm hearing you say is that they address your strength, they address your cardiovascular fitness, they also address your flexibility. What about managing stress? They didn't talk about managing stress in, in that fitness class, no. But there were also yoga classes at the cancer center that I started taking towards the end of my treatment. And I, I'd say that's really the stress management component. Because I hadn't been doing it. Or during the cancer treatment, when I started taking these classes through the cancer center, they were just the speed that I needed. Why do you think now is the time where you can really appreciate a restorative, a slow-paced class. Restorative yoga is my jam right now at this point in my life. You know, in our society, we're constantly running, 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 going, 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 doing, 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 especially for me, that I need to force myself to rest. Because it's not going to happen naturally. It's just, it's not going to happen. And so I started looking at restorative yoga as a practice, um, a way for me to practice calming myself down, because it's not just going to happen at the snap of a finger. After I went through the cancer treatment, I went back to work, and my work is as a litigator. And so that means I'm involved in lawsuits. And being a litigator and being involved in lawsuits means that you're constantly arguing. You're constantly arguing with opposing counsel. You're constantly going to court and having to speak up on behalf of your client and getting yelled at by judges and getting yelled at by opposing counsel. And you're constantly fighting with people. And it's gotten harder and harder for me. And I... I I just felt like I could not manage that kind of stress anymore. One thing that was really helpful to me was getting a fitness tracker. I got a fitness tracker when I was out on leave, when I was on chemo. And so as the fitness trackers evolved, I eventually got one that also had my heart rate. And that was really helpful. And But uh, an unintended side effect is that I could see when I was getting stressed out. It was just right in front of oh, me. Oh, that's interesting. If I got a nasty email from opposing counsel, I could look down at my, my device and see that my heart rate, it was like I was running. Hmm. Going to court, 
my heart rate like I was on the treadmill mm. running. Mm. And then I could really see how stressed out I was and just how unhappy I was. And so last year I decided I can't do this anymore. I just can't. I can't continue to do this job. It's too stressful. I don't like all this bickering and all this arguing with people. It's just very contentious. It's, mm -hmm. you know, it was never the part of the job that I liked in the first place. But I didn't know what I was going to do, and I still have to support my family. I still have to make a living. So I started to see a career coach, and my career coach is a lawyer, a black woman lawyer like me, and who really got me and got the struggle. And she helped me to kind of hone in on how I could take what I'm doing and translate that into something that's better suited to me and not as stressful. And so what I decided that I wanted to do was transition to doing workplace investigations because I'm an employment litigator, so I have the employment law background. but. And yet you would still be able to enjoy the fact that you do enjoy being a lawyer. There were just a certain parts of it that didn't fit your lifestyle anymore. Well, it helped me to arrive at that conclusion mm -hmm. because I, I thought I just want to quit altogether. I spent so many years just in deep regret over my decision to go to law school mm. and my decision to become a lawyer mm -hmm. in the first place. I thought this is a really miserable profession. I don't even know why I chose to do this with my life. I finally mustered up the courage to talk to my current employer about it, my current law firm, and they were really great. They said, we don't want you to leave. If you want to do that kind of work, we'll support you. But it's only, I think, the convergence of all these things is having, having been sick, actually having the data, the feedback that showed me when I was actually feeling miserable and what was doing it that allowed me to take these steps to make transition. Beautiful. One final question I have for you is this. I called this podcast Mindful Health for the Wise Woman on purpose because we're individuals. So what does being healthy and well mean to you specifically? I know I've been talking a lot about weight loss because it's just been an ongoing issue for me. But it's not about weight loss. After having struggled with all these, you know, trying to lose weight and all this, I'm now lighter than I've ever been in my adult life, but I don't even really care. And it occurred to me the other day, because I'd been in San Francisco with my daughter and I was walking a ton, and I got back home and I stepped on the scale and saw a number that I never thought I would see, ever. But I didn't really care. I was shocked. I was like, I should be celebrating or jumping up and down, but I didn't care because that is, it doesn't say anything about me. That number's not everything. It's really more holistic. So what specifically does it mean for me to take care of myself? Eating well, eating mostly plants, good protein in the form of beans, tofu, and complex grains, whole grains, exercising on a regular basis, and I don't mean just on the weekends, 
the thing that I'm finding that works the best for me is to make sure that I try to hit 10,000 steps every day. And that doesn't mean I'm on a treadmill doing it. That Usually what it means is that I get up in the morning and I walk the dog before I go to work. And then maybe I'll eat lunch and then go for a quick walk around the block. If I'm picking my daughter up from dance class and I get there early, usually I'm walking around the residential neighborhood around where she takes dance and then walking the dog again at night. So I really break it up into a few short walks during the day, strength training a couple of times a week. My closet, I turned half of my closet, I call it my gym. I have weights, I have a yoga mat, bands, because if it's not there in my face, it's easier to not do it. But for me, I want to be able to roll out of bed and do a quick workout. Because you don't have time and it's convenient. Right. And, and also, um, in terms of my stress reduction practice, I do a lot of yoga. I do yoga classes at the Cancer Center. And then the last component is sleep. And that's the one that I'm still working on. So that's really what I'd say. The four components. Eating well, exercise, some sort of stress reduction practice. For me, that's yoga. Mm -hmm. And then sleep. Beautiful. Thank you so very much for honoring me with this visit today on this episode. Thank you. And now it's time for practical tips. Body tip. Now that you've had a chance to assess your health screenings, is there one thing that you can pick that you'd like to improve? Remember, it's all about baby steps. Start small. Mind tip. How is your new hobby going? Did it work? Assess if you're liking it. If not, change to something else. Spirit tip. Go out of your way this week to make sure you say thank you. Those two small words make quite a difference.